Judges chapter 14 and 15, we'll be in verses 15 through 20 in chapter 14 and right over to chapter 15 of Judges and read up to verse 3. Amen. We thank God for you. Thank you all so much, all who are able, who are standing in the reverence to God's word. Amen. What's up, boss? And I see you got your little love shirt on. Look at her with her red on. Hey, how you doing? It's Valentine's all over again. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. Judges 14, 15, whew, through 20, and chapter 15, 1 through 3, and it reads, On the fourth day, they said unto Samson's wife, Coax your husband into explaining the riddle for us, or we will burn you and your father's household to death. Did you, did you invite us here to steal our property? Then Samson's wife threw herself on him, sobbing, You hate me. You don't really love me. Y'all heard that, women. Y'all started that you don't really love me stuff. So, y'all, stop putting it on us. We got that from y'all. You hate me. You don't really love me. You've given my people a riddle, but you haven't told me the answer. I haven't even explained it to my father or mother. He replied, so why should I explain it to you? She cried the whole seven days of the feast. Jesus, help me, Lord. So on the seventh day, he finally told her because she continued to press him, she in turn explained the riddle to her people. Before sunset on the seventh day, the men of the town said to him, what is sweeter than honey? What is stronger than a lion? Samson said to them, if you had not plowed with my heifer, you would not have solved my riddle. Hey, it's the Bible. Don't be laughing. It wasn't me. And the spirit of the Lord came upon him, and he went down to Ashkelon and slew 30 men of them and took their spoil and gave chains of the garments unto them which expounded the riddle. And his anger was kindled. He went up to his father's household, but Samson's wife was given to his companion whom he had used as his friend. I think I just read two different versions, but you got it. But it came to pass, verse 1 and 15, while after, within a while after, in the time of wheat and harvest, that Samson visited his wife with a kid, and he said, I will go into my wife, into the chamber, but her father would not suffer him to go in. And her father said, I verily thought that thou hast utterly hated her, therefore I gave her to thy companion. Is not her younger sister fairer than she? What? Days of our lives ain't got nothing on this. The young and the rest is neither. I'm telling y'all, read your Bible, go to heaven and still get a little drama. And Samson said concerning him, now shall I be more blameless than the Philistines, though I do them a displeasure. Don't blame me for what I do to you next, basically. That's the Maxwell translation. Lord, I ask for your power and grace to reside upon me to bring a word for your people. Thank you, God, for this hour. Thank you, God, for contouring it for these people. In the name of Jesus, we do pray. Amen. As you take your seat, I want to speak to you from the subject, what has your heart? What has your heart? Man, this is wild. See, we always talk about Samson and Delilah, right? But I don't really think you can really understand why Samson couldn't leave Delilah alone unless you really study what happened with him and his first wife. And a lot of times people get caught up in life and can't escape certain things because they cannot forget the trauma or the relationship or the past situation that they had before with other people. And because they cannot let it go, they continue to get stuck in the cycle of doing the same thing over and over again. I don't understand how Samson was so weak because Samson was a bad man. Samson caught 300 foxes. You don't even see a fox unless they're about to have babies. They don't even, they don't even have a home until they're about to have babies. Because that's why they say you slide the fox. He caught 300 of them, tied their tails together, set them on fire, and sent them through the, the wheat of the Philistine. Killed a thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey. They tried to get Samson one day. They was hiding in the gate. He grabbed the gate, took them out of town, and beat the brakes off of them. But he couldn't leave the lila alone. But see, see, we can't minimize this, this to lust. You know what I'm saying? Because it's deeper than lust for a pretty woman. Samson was used to pretty women. 
Samson does all of this. He starts tearing up the field because he got an attitude. And his attitude shapes his life. He's angry at the Philistines. He has an issue with women. And he lets his, this situation affect him for the rest of his life. He, he's what I want to know. You, what, I, what, I, what I say, you know, he has a roving eye. Uh, can I talk to the ladies right quick? If you're with your man, don't make him feel bad because I don't want him to get mad at me. You know how you walk walking with a dude sometimes, and every now and then a man go, hey, you kind of know what he's probably looking at. But see, the old school, we, you know, old school know how to do it. They're like, they can't find something when they see the woman walking down there. <laughs> and so he already looking for something, so when he looked back, come on, somebody. That's an old school player right there. Old school player teaches some stuff, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> he told me, Maxwell, do what you got to do. <laughs> you got to be looking for stuff before they get there. So when you turn around and look to see what they look like on the other side, <laughs> you don't look like you're a pervert in them because you know you already looking for something in your pocket. But we can't minimize this to lust, though. Lust, it, 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 it don't have to just be a woman. It doesn't have to just be a man. It could be something that happened in church. It could be something that happened on your job. It could be something that happened in your relationship that causes you to look back and focus on something that distracts us and keeps us from having our vision. Oh, one thing my track coach would always teach me how to do, Brother Ozzy, he would teach me, he'd say, don't look back. And you know, you can always hear it, but one day I did look back. And I was like, well, I'm talking about, I'm about to win. I looked back and I lost by one second. Because when you look back and focus on what's behind you, you lose momentum of what's going on in front of you. Come on, somebody. And anytime you move forward, Satan is going to bring that stuff up in the past that caused you to look back. If you don't get rid of your roving eye and bring yourself to a point where you focus on your vision, you will never be who you ought to be because you keep looking at a painful, disappointing situation that you should have let pass you by. Oh, uh, you, you don't hear me. Again, don't minimize the lust. It, it can be anything. It can be anything. But see, you, and the thing about it is you fighting a good fight but you find it for the wrong reason. Samson rages war against the Philistines because he's angry, but he's not fighting for the assignment and purpose of God. He was built to fight the Philistines, but the only reason he's fighting the Philistines now is because they done made him mad. And now he's doing it for his own selfish gain. He's doing it for his own, uh, own self-gratification. See, when you sing and you really sing it for God, it's an anointing. Come on, somebody. And people are delivered and slain in the spirit. But when you sing for yourself is reduced down to a talent and you only entertain and tickle the ears of your audience. Oh, same way if you preaching for yourself, people ain't going to hear nothing. They're not going to be delivered. If you preaching just to be seen, they ain't going to hear a word you say. So some of us are fighting but we're not fighting for God. You will be surprised at the amount of people that think they're fighting for God, but they're fighting out of anger and unresolved issues, using a bunch of scriptures to justify what they're doing. You say you're doing it in the name of the Lord, but you're really doing it because you... Man. Oh. You're... It's... See... The, the, the funny thing about it is we, we know the scriptures, but what we do is we hide it because we're really angry and we need to be healed. The problem with some of us is that we don't want to admit that we hurt in the first place. It's hard to be healed when you don't want to admit that you hurt. You need to scream out to God and say, God, kill my unhealthy attachments that are in my life. Deliver me from people, past hurts, past pains, anything that distracts me and takes me out of focus of your will and causes me to make decisions based on my past. Deliver me from situations that cause me to make contemporary decisions based on historical pain. You can never make a good decision based on the past. You will never be the winner, the mighty man or woman of God that he has ordained you to be if you get stuck looking at something you should have let pass you by. That's what Samson's dilemma and his downfall. He could never get over what happened with his first wife. It affected how he thought. It allowed the Philistines to figure out how to get him. They knew his weakness was women. 
And they knew he was still hurt from the past wife. And when they wanted to finally kill him, what they did was they hired one of their women. What does not get healed in you will ultimately kill you. Whatever you're walking around and you're not healed from, it will eventually destroy your life and destroy your purpose. You have to get healed. You have to lay everything out before God. You have to struggle to get peace and oneness within yourself. If you don't get healed, it will cut and contour the weapon of the enemy that will lead to your demise. Whenever you fall, it would always be that thing that keeps making you look back. If you want to be the best, you need to know that the best will never come to you if you get caught looking back. You need to understand this because Samson's vision was predetermined and ordained by God. He was born to have one vision, but he allowed one painful moment in his life to take him off course and cause him to lose focus. Once he lost his vision, it created division. And all of a sudden, he was making contemporary decisions. He was allowing his past situation to shape his future. He began to operate in division, walking around with two different agendas, running around trying to prove things to people that don't even matter, trying to prove things to people that will never be pleased, trying to win people that will never be won, trying to fix stuff that will never be fixed. Stop trying to impress your haters. They never going to clap for you. Stop trying to make them say, Hercules, 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 let your mama say it. If she dead and gone, remember what she said. Stop worrying about people clapping for you. I forgot what it's called in psychology, but some people always try to run and please folks that don't even like them. Stop getting caught up in that. Get delivered from that. Some people will never like you just because they don't like you. And can I tell you something? People that don't like themselves will never like you. He has two visions, and now he's frustrated because when you got two lives and two visions, it draws energy from you. It drains you. It angers you because you cannot divorce yourself from some mess that happened way back in your life. Now you caught up trying to be Dr. Jekyll, and Mr. Hyde keeps coming out. You join all the ministries of the church trying to escape your past and everywhere you go you create discord because you are not healed. When you are not happy and at peace with yourself, you will never be happy and at peace with anybody else. Again, if you don't like you, you will never like me. Can I talk to the sisters for a minute? Sisters, stop marrying these angry, mad brothers. If you already married them, go to counseling and get it right. Well, you clapping for a long time. <laughs> Man, that was a long clap. I know she get bring her some water. She tired. <laughs> no, they clap for thirty minutes. <laughs> ah. But brother, stop marrying these angry, neck popping women. I know she a good woman, but her past, she won't leave it alone. Her decisions, you cannot cure her. Only God can cure her. I know she talking to you, but she really talking to Fred. She been divorced from Fred for 10 years, but she can't forget about Fred, and she fussing at you about this, and now you got four, five people in your bed because now you cannot let your past go. Hopefully, it's just figuratively and not really actually, but sometimes people can't divorce their past, and they not even fussing at you. They fussing at a situation that happened years ago and until they get delivered from their past they can't have a future with you Samson goes from God's vision to division to no vision he kept operating in the past until he had no vision at all biblically he wasn't supposed to mess with them Philistine women anyway he already told him, if he would have never met with the Philistine woman, would have never married the first lady, and would have never got caught up with Delilah. You got to do what God tell you to do. He told him, don't 
mess with dead stuff. Don't touch nothing dead because he already foresaw the lion. The way he, he got the riddle was a lion attacked him. He killed the lion. And when he came back on the journey, the lion was dead. But then the bees had made a nest inside the lion and they made honey and he ate the honey out of it. It was nothing wrong with him killing the lion to protect himself. But God already said, don't touch a dead animal because if he touched it, he already knew I'm trying to keep you on the right path. And what may not be bad for somebody else may be bad for you. Well, I know, I know people be like the, the covenant. And he told him, don't drink strong drink. I ain't say you can't drink strong drink, just don't drink too much. I'm telling you what, that's why I'll be reading that covenant all the time no more. We sit up there and read that, I would not drink strong drink, knowing you were drinking last night. I don't even like to watch the red skin, but if you send me to the skybox, I'm going to have a communion. <laughs> or the, the commanders, whatever they are, man. I don't, I don't know where they are. That's why so many Baptist alcoholics, I'm going to deliver you right now. Ain't nothing wrong with drinking. You're just not supposed to get drunk. Now, if you get drunk all the time, put it down. Don't pick it up. Leave. Don't go to a bar. Don't have no beer. Don't go around. You shouldn't drink at all because you have a problem. But what I am saying is we're going to stop be saying this covenant that we know good and well, 35%, eh, probably 50% of us ain't following. So just that reading damn this, he goes, if I would not drink strong drink, cut that junk out, scratch it out, or don't read it in here. I ain't reading it no more. I'm just telling you. I used to be, every time y'all got that part, I'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> I be clear, but I be in front of that baptized everybody. We reading the covenant. Yeah, and I would not. I just blah, blah, blah. <laughs> hey. That's why I don't want to be no bishop. They say a bishop can't drink. They call him bishop. I ain't no bishop. I'm a pastor. <laughs> don't promote me just yet. <laughs> I don't want to be no bishop, man. Church folk get on my nerves too bad to be a bishop. I need something to help me. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Anyway, let me go back to this sermon. <laughs> but now, he runs into Delilah. Ooh. And the Bible says, it wasn't that he just got caught up with her. The Bible says, and he loved her. And because of his tie to her, and you will never understand his tie to her unless you understand what happened with his first wife, he was bent on trying to keep this woman. He was saying, I'm not going to lose again. Some of us are in relationships because we lost the first relationship and we don't want to lose the second relationship the same way. Even if it's not our fault, we keep trying to say, I will not lose again. And you get caught in the past because every time a song come on, you keep thinking, your relationship going good. And as soon as you hear, I had love on a two-way street. Oh, that was all song. I want to think of you on two again. Day and night. Day and night. Baby face. We love that. In my tenderoni. Escape your past. Your past will hold you hostage. Some of us get mad, angry, or sad when we hear a song because we heard it with that person. Stop playing on your playlist. Take it off. You don't need to work out with that song. Make a whole nother one. You got Apple Music. Change it up. He was bent on trying to keep this woman. I'm going to stay with her, and it doesn't matter. I'm going to stay with her no matter what. She was trying to kill him, and he knew it. What kind of bun is this that you land with a murderer, and you know it, but you still go? You know you're on her hit list, but you're so foolish as a man that you think you can handle it. Some of us are playing with dynamite, but you are so arrogant you think you can handle it. 
when you really get wisdom, you will start understanding there's some things in life that you can't handle and you don't need to fight it. You need to learn how to run away from it. When Potiphar's wife came at Joseph because I'm sure she looked good, he, he didn't sit up there and try to talk to her. He didn't try to tell her what's wrong. He didn't try to, he didn't try to kung fu her. He didn't try to lay hands on her. He ran because he understood, I cannot resist this woman. I need to get out of here. Sometimes the boldest thing you can do as a man is to run away and get yourself out of this situation. It was funny. I almost don't want to tell this story, but it's somebody I knew, and I know, and this woman kept trying to talk to him at his house party, and he, he, um, he, he left, and we're like, man, where's so-and-so go? I almost said his name. He's and we said, man, where you at, man? He said, man, that lady just kept on, man, kept on coming. I kept telling her she was married, man. He left his coat and everything. He just got it. It was cold outside, too. That's what I'm talking about. That's the type of man of God you got to start hanging around and understand that I'm not going to put myself in a situation that's going to cause me to fall. I'm not going to see how strong I am. If something comes at me that I know I can't handle, I will run. See, that's the whole problem. When you really understand your purpose, you will start knowing you ain't got time. That's when you start getting my age. You start realizing you may have lived a little longer than you're going to be here already. You don't have time for no dog fights, no cat fights, no misunderstanding. You say, I got a devil to fight. I don't have time to get caught up with you and your drama. I'm sorry you misunderstood me. I won't work. I'm not going to worry about repeating myself. I'm just going to get out the way. Just let's drop this conversation. When you really start doing and fighting for God, you start understanding I don't have time to get distracted by you. You are nothing but uh, somebody assigned from the enemy at this moment to take me off course and get me distracted so I won't fulfill the purpose and destiny God has for me. I don't have time to argue with you. <laughs> he kept on he kept on saying he could handle it. His judgment was off. His perception was off. She kept trying to seduce him for his secrets. Footnote. There are some people out there trying to get to know you just to know your secrets. Mm -hmm. They don't want to know you. They want to know your secrets. Be careful of people who always want to pray for you, but they ain't never got a problem, but they all want to pray for you to find out your problem because they really don't want you to know their problem. They just want your no problem. They want to know your problem so they can put your problem down in the street. Come on, somebody. You got to learn that. If somebody always want to pray for you but don't never need pray for themselves, tell them I don't need to pray. If you want to pray for me, pray for me from a distance. In fact, don't pray for me at all because if you don't trust me to pray for you, I don't trust you to pray for me. Because they're after your secrets. What's Victoria's secret? She ain't never tell you. That's why she's still in business. <laughs> Nobody knows what her secret is. Is it a man that owns it? Is it a black lady? I don't know. But she hasn't never told you the secret now, has she? Mmm. Think on that. <laughs> but if you really want to know where your heart is, follow where your secrets are. Mmm. Your secrets are where your heart is because out of, out of the heart flow the issues of life. And you're not going to give all your issues to everybody because you don't trust everybody, but you trust the people you give your secrets to. Here she go, y'all. Here go that lady with the line y'all be blaming us for. Say, How can you say you love me? when your heart is not with me. In fact, I'm going to just read the verse again so you can know it ain't Maxwell. For chapter 16, verse 15 and 16 says, and she said unto him, how can you say I love thee when thy heart is not with me? Thou hast marked me these three times and hast not told me wherein thy great strength lieth. And it came to pass that when she pressed him daily with her words and urged him so that his soul was vexed unto death. What? You got to watch periods of vexation because it'll cause you to make some stupid decisions when you're mad. 
There are some people the enemy sends your way just to get on your nerves. Because he knows no matter how anointed you are, if somebody getting on your nerves, you will make a dumb, fleshy decision because you never think, think, think clearly when you upset. Huh? He was strong until he got vexed. That's why you got to come worship to come worship to get your equilibrium back. You cannot worship and be aggravated at the same time. Worship washes your spirit. That's why I tell people I love it when you flatter me. But at the end of the day, don't try to get here right before I preach. Get here for the worship because it takes more energy for me to preach to you because I got to preach on all this garbage that you went through Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Now you sit your trash filled self down in the pew and did not wash your Self in worship to get all the impediments out of you and know that God is worthy even if you're going through hell and high water you understand that God is always there for you he's the author and finisher of your faith but if you can just worship him and get some spirit in you and praise him and worship him and release all that mess out of you and understand that he's bigger than your problem then when you can hear my word I don't have to stress as much. I don't have to sweat as much. I don't have to preach as hard when you worship him. You got to worship him. Some of y'all smell good with your Dolce and Gabbana, your, your Gucci, all your nice cologne and your perfume. But the problem in your life is you've not taken a spiritual bath. You have not worshipped him. You've not washed your spirit with the word. And then you come in the midst of worship just trying to come hear the sermon. But you got to wash your spirit so you can, re- oh, y'all don't hear me. So, ah, you wouldn't be so mad if you could just hold up your hands every now and then and just worship him. And say, Lord, I know I didn't get the job, but at the end of the day is still food on my table. Lord, I know I didn't have enough money to pay my mortgage, but I ain't been evicted yet. But God, in the name of Jesus, I know you're going to supply my needs according to your riches and glory. I'm waiting on my good measure blessing. Press down, shake it together, and run it over. Lord, deliver me right now. Make me happy. Make me understand that you're the author and finisher of my faith. Let me know that you order my steps in your word. I won't come in here vexed no more. God, get the vexation out of me. I don't like what I am right now. I'm going to shout until you fill me with your spirit. Woo! Oh, I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to get it out of here. I'm going to holler and let God know. Get this vexation. I rebuke this vexation in the man in the name of Jesus. I don't even know what I'm mad at Sally about. So I'm going to let it go. You know why the devil wants you mad? Because if you're mad, you won't forgive. And the Bible says that we said, we, Lord, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And Jesus later on says in the text, if you don't forgive your neighbor of what they did to you, my father won't forgive you. Come on, somebody. God forgives everything. But when you walk around with unforgiveness, he can't forgive it because you haven't asked forgiveness for your unforgiveness because you keep walking around unforgiving folks. So you keep being in the present tense in a sinful state. And God said, if I sit my Jesus, if I sent my son to walk 42 burning generations and robe himself in the flesh, reduce himself down to at least come a denominator. So when he stepped in Mary's womb, it didn't bust her wide open, came out Emmanuel, went to the cross for you, walked up the way of Via De La Rosa, the way of suffering, where they put nails in his hand. He did all that for you, and you dared not forgive somebody when I know your secrets. How in the world you didn't forgive somebody of what they did to you when you done done something to somebody else and they might not even know it, but God knows your secrets. Walking around here mad at somebody. The devil trying to make you mad at silly stuff. I was mad at that cleaners you sent me to this morning. They didn't took half of my, the part of my suit that go, I was going to wear something else, but they done took the part of the suit off and then put it back on. It ain't even in the daggone bag. I wanted to go choke them, but it was Sunday. <laughs> Up at midnight, just mad. Why? Because the devil wanted me mad so I couldn't bring the word when I can buy a whole nother suit. But if they don't give me a refund... <laughs> See how the devil 
try to make me vex even up here. That's why I understand what happened to Samson. I'm up at midnight mad, looking for it in the same place, knowing it ain't there. See, this is the problem. You got to understand that the devil is always after you. That's why you got to be vigilant because the Bible says you have to be vigilant because he's walking, roaming around, seeking to see who he can devour. That's what he's doing. It's like he's a roaring lion. That's what he's looking. So you got to be sober. You got to start trying to look for somebody to deliver you from your vexation. Nobody has to come save you. Nobody has to send you card or roll When you really get tired of being vexed, bound in your spirit, you have to begin to cry out to God and say, I lift my hand to thee. I magnified you in my life. I'm tired. I need you to create in me a clean heart, Lord. I'm tired of being vexed. It's hard to live with a vexed person. Oh, somebody said like they got experience. You said that. I heard it like they were right here whispering in my ear. It's hard to help a vexed person. It's hard to bless a vexed person. Some of us want God to bless us, but he can't bless us because we vexed. God can't even bless a vexed person because vexed people will destroy the blessing you give to them. That's why the enemy keeps sending people to get on your nerves. Because if they keep getting on your nerves, he knows when they vex you, you will make dumb decisions. <laughs> you got to get vexed people out your life. God even says this, don't even bring your offering to me. If you're mad at your brother or sister, don't bring the offering to me. When you forgive them, then bring the offering to me. I remember the trustees would look at me all crazy. Ooh, Miss Mays, you want to just tell me, what in the world are you saying? Because when people were mad, I said, don't even bring your offering. But the funny thing about it, offering went up 20% even when they started withholding their tithe because God said, nobody going to make me look crazy. Not me, but God himself. He won't let anybody hold up his church just because they vexed in the house because some stuff has changed. Don't bring your blessing. Don't bring your offering if you're mad. If you give it for the wrong reason, keep it in your pocket because it's not going to bless you. You got to get rid of that. So remember Sarah, the gangster wife of Abraham? She said, look here, you better get rid of Hagar. Cast this bond woman out and her child. They causing vexation in the house. It looked like it was real mean, but God said, listen to your wife and get them out the house. You got to start getting some folk out of your house that's bringing discord. If they're 25 years old, still living in your house and causing discord, you better put them out and tell them to get a job and go live on their own because I can't have no vexation in my house. You can't even have peace in your house because you're dealing with vexed people. Vexed people will mess up your life as they mess up their life. You better cast Jonah off the boat. When you cast Jonah off, them storms and stuff. Have you ever realized that you don't never have a storm until you talk to certain people in your life? Have you ever realized you didn't never have misunderstanding unless you're standing beside somebody that some of the same people in life because they vex and a vexed person will always attract vexation. Sarah said, cast her out and her child. She didn't even say your child. He was Abraham's child too. They got to go. You about to mess, you about to cause him to mess up the covenant of Isaac. He's shooting arrows at the real covenant. You better get him out of the house. Anybody that comes against your vision, you better start getting rid of them and push them out of your house. Push them out of your circle. Push them out of your Instagram. Push them out of your Twitter. Push them out of your Facebook. Push them out of your Snapchat. Push them out of your life. Push them out. And if you vex, get yourself together. We about to put you out. Keeping it 100. Vex people to mess up. They can't never. <sighs> Have you ever been around somebody who always mad? Jesus, always mad. They sit beside you, just blink your eyes. Lord. <laughs> We're going to send somebody to help you out. A trustee drone at we, we need some folk to get some help out. <laughs> See, because when you hang around vexed people, you can't go to the next level because there's too much garbage in you because you cannot be walking in your anointing and mad too. 
The anointing don't work in your anger. Oh, somebody. Now, you could be angry at the devil, but when vexed folk just make you vexed. Oh, y'all don't hear me. I got to cast out that cleaners. <laughs> they work good for Wes, but they don't work good for me. Cast out the cleaners. <laughs> See? That's why the Bible tells couples, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Don't be, and it starts building up and festering, and divorces happen over something real simple that if y'all would have just talked about it, y'all could have been good in the morning. Stop going to sleep on your wrath. Delilah was able to destroy him because he never got over what happened with his first wife. Get everything out of your life that causes you to lose focus. And she said to him, how can you say you love me when thine heart is not with me? Thou hast marked me these three times and hast not told me where thy great strength lieth. And it came to pass that when he pressed, when she pressed him daily with her words and urged him so that his soul was vexed unto death and that he told her all his heart. What you do, Samson? He told her all his heart and said unto her, there hath not come a razor. You dummy. Every time you told her what to do, she did it. You told her if she tied you together with new ropes. It would break your strength. She did it. Samson, when you told her to tie your hair together, she did it. Now you telling her to cut your hair. Oh, Jesus. For I've been a Nazarite unto God and my mother's womb. If it be shaven, my strength will go from me and I shall become weak like any other man. He should have cut her off the minute she started vexing him. But he told her all his heart. All his heart. It's one thing to sin and feel bad, but it's another thing to get sin in your heart. Some of us do some stuff we shouldn't do, but don't feel bad about it at all because we act like it's right. Because we've been doing it so long, the devil has fooled us and act like ain't nothing wrong with it. At least feel guilty. At least there's some hope for you if you still have a conscience. But when you give the world your whole heart, can I talk to the theologians today? I, I, Brother Deacon, I, I, this is what I believe. I, I don't believe that the covenant was in his hair. I believe that the covenant was in his heart. And his hair was an outer expression of his heart covenant with God. And the minute that he cut his hair, his heart had been vexed because now he told the enemy where his secret was. See, when you get baptized, it's not the water that really brings you to Christ. You already came to Christ because you're willing to go in the water. It's just an outward expression of your heart saying, I accept Jesus. Because if you get in the water, it makes no sense. Sister Marla, I know you a teacher. It don't make sense to worldly-minded people that I go down in water and come back up new again. It makes no sense to the worldly people. But because of the inner covenant in my heart with Jesus, I don't care how stupid I look. I'm going to let the preacher put me in the water and bring me back up again because that's what Jesus told me to do to bring in covenant with him. Oh, it was his heart. You can't serve two masters. You can't serve God and mammon. You cannot serve both of them. Your heart is where the power is. Stop giving everybody your heart that blow in your ear. He loved me, girl. He said he loved me. When you, I met him on Instagram yesterday, we're going to get married. You crazy. I just fall in love easy. You, 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 you crazy. You, you don't even know him. You haven't even seen him. You don't know his background, but you love him because he said something special to you. Let me get out of here. I'm messing up, y'all. Yeah. See? See, and, and, and what's so crazy, Deacon Brooks, is this. The Bible, see, see, we look at these, the Sunday school books, and they show Samson, this big buff person. We look at the movies, and they show how big he is. But can I tell you this? To me, he wasn't big. He wasn't had no muscles. If he had muscles, that would be a dumb question. 
If I asked the rock how you lift up this pulpit, that would be a dumb question. We already know he worked out. The thing was, Deacon, he looked like Pee Wee Herman, but fought like Rambo. He didn't look like he could do what he was doing. Can I tell you something? It's some things that God has anointed you to do, and people wonder how you can do it, and you wonder yourself. You know, some people ask me, how in the world are you able to get money and send stuff all over the world all the time? What do you do? Can you tell me? And I say, I really don't know, and I try to figure it out, and they think I'm trying to be funny and not tell them, but I really don't know. It's just the favor and the anointing that God has on my life for those particular things. I don't try to figure out how in the world I did it. If you write it down and put it on paper, you can make some money. I know I could, but for some reason, I just don't know. I just follow what God tells me to do and it ends up working. That's why people it's hard to work with me sometimes because I just know when God tells me it's going to happen. I don't care what it looks like. I already know what God told me because he's anointed me to do the things I do. When you start realizing that you don't need Betty Crocker and you already know how they anointed. You already anointed to cook. You can just cook. Stop trying to do recipes like everybody else. Stop trying to do like everybody else if you know you can cook. Now, if you can't read a book, I don't know how I can play the organ. I can just play it. I don't need to go to school. I don't know how I can sing. I don't know how to read music. I just know what note it is because I can hear it. I don't need to conform to this world because this world wants me to be conformed to them, but my God has anointed me. I may not look like I can do it, but I know I can do it. I'd rather have favor than money. I'd rather have favor than blessing because when I got favor, stuff happens that don't make no sense. They asked me, how did you get Jamal Bronger? How did you get E. Dewey? How did you get Bishop Palmer? All at the same time, I just asked. Favor. And it's the timing of God. Because God is ready for the church to be open. Whole Foods is. Disney World is. Bush Gardens is. Huh? Kroger is. Walmart ain't never closed. Walmart said they ain't never scared. They won't never worry about COVID. They ain't care if they had a mask on or not. They ain't care. Vaccinate none, vaccinate to come by. Hurry up and buy. <laughs> Target didn't care. Be packed out in there. But they tell you when you go, you shouldn't go to church. It's dangerous in there. But you don't care when I go to Applebee's. Food ain't even that good over there. Just want to name a restaurant I don't go to, so if you go there, I ain't there. You know? <laughs> they, because <laughs> we got folk coming that don't even go to church they self right now. They got all online. But coming here to do in person because favor. Y'all don't hear me. Favor. And you got to understand, Samson was playing with his favor. Don't you play with your favor with vexed folk. Don't you play with your favor with people that want to call you to fall in sin. Don't you play with your favor for people that's not on your level and always trying to get you to reduce yourself to something beneath you because they want you to come down there with them. Baby, I can help you step up, but I can't come down there to you. Now, if you want somebody to come down there to you, you need to call on Jesus because he say come as you are. But when you come to me, baby, you got to step up your level because I'm trying to go somewhere. I'm not trying to hang around people that keep telling me what I can't do. I'm not trying to hang around people that keep telling me my dream to be. I can't keep hanging around people that keep telling me that I won't make it. I need somebody who will tell me I can even when I think I can't. Let me get out of here. Ooh. Even though he lost his vision because he was divided he began to discover envision. See, sometimes you got to be able to see stuff without your eyes. Even though his eyes was gone and even though he didn't see the money, even though he don't know where the money is coming for March Madness, but he had it anyway. That's why you got to have a meeting with trustee spells, but he know it's coming. 
he had to envision it. So he got the boy to lead him to the pillars. And even though he couldn't see, he could feel where he was. Can I talk to the people that sometimes you don't know exactly where you are, but you know you're in the right place because you can feel it. You know the deal going to go through because you can feel it. It's an inner peace in you because God has given you a peace that surpasses all understanding. And even though everything looks like it's not going to work, you already know the deal is going to be well because God has already told you that it is yours and possess the land. And it don't matter how crazy you look because even though I can't see it, you can't see it, the bank can't see it, for some reason I can feel it. He began to feel the pillars and began to push and destroy the Philistines with him. Now, it's a great thing that he destroyed the Philistines, but at the end of the day, if he never would have gave her his heart, he still could have ended up with dignity. He could have died a very good death. Not saying that his death was not good because he did kill the Philistines, but God could have used him and he still could have been living at the same time. Come on, somebody. But God will still get done in your life what he needs to get done in your life. He'd rather you make his perfect will, but he will give you his permissive will. And can I tell you even when you mess up in your story even when you have speed bumps even when you got curves in your life even when you got potholes God will still bring to fruition what God wants to do in you because he who began a good work in you shall finish it but will you finish it with integrity or will you finish it in embarrassment but you will finish it. He will get done with you what he wants to get done with you and in you. Gifts are given without repentance. Even when your life ain't right, you can still preach. Even when your life ain't right, you can still sing. Even when your life ain't right, you can still heal folk. Even when your life ain't right, you can still do business. Why? Because God has gifted you for his pleasure. The problem is, can you align your life up with your gifts? Because the gifts will take you in places where your character cannot sustain you. But God really wants you to be good because he wants you to have his perfect gift. He don't want to withhold any good gift from you. So I tell you right now, even in the midst of your sinful nature, can you get some envision and just grope yourself around to find where God is? Even though you lost your way, can you get somebody to help lead you where you need to go to find the pillars of life so you can know what to press on to bring God's vision to fruition and manifestation? There's a time in your life where you got to stop doing so. Uh, you got to stop worrying about, is the world going to help me? Is my pastor going to help me? Will my deacon help me? Will my mentor help me? Will my teacher help me? You got to get butt naked before God and say, for God I live and for God I die. And in the name of Jesus, whatever you have for me, Lord, I know you're going to bring it to manifestation. I shall keep pressing toward the mark of his holy call and I won't look back. I'm going to keep pressing. I, don't, I know you're the alpha and omega to beginning and the end. Even when I get hit, even if I get my teeth busted, even if my lip is bleeding, even if I got to walk with a limp, I'm going to keep walking to you and fulfill what you have for me. Samson, Samsonetta, you gifted. God has gifts in you. Stop giving it to Delilah. Stop giving it to Debo. Stop giving it to folk who don't appreciate it. Stop casting your pearl to the swine. People that don't understand you, stop trying to make them understand. Who cares? I don't care how long you talk to me in Chinese, I won't understand. No speak Chinese. You can keep talking all you want, but I know no, I know no Chinese. None. You can say whatever, I ain't gonna know. You better talk English, so you're wasting your time. Some people won't ever understand your dreams. They might as well be speaking Chinese to you. Hebrew, Aramaic. Because they will never understand what God has for you when they're not supposed to be connected to you. If they're not supposed to be connected to you, they'll never fully appreciate you. Because they try to reduce you down to something beneath who you are because they want to be better than you. 
And nobody is better than anybody. But one thing I know, God is not a respecter of person, but he's a respecter of faith. And when you step your faith up, you gain favor from God. And he will get done in you what he wants done in you. I need you to give your heart to Jesus. What has your heart? Where is your heart? Is it in the world? Is it at Shaquita House? Is it over Ray Ray House? Is it in Corona? You would get it. <laughs> Where is it? Where is your heart? Is it at the club? Where is it? Give your heart to Jesus. Because when you give your heart to Jesus, he won't withhold any good or perfect gift from you. He said he came to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. He will give you an abundant life. He will give you the good life. He'll give you a good measure of blessing, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. He will. Running over blessing. Blessing you won't even be able to hold. You got to give to somebody else because he's blessing you so much. He loves you. He loves you. Hallelujah. He loves you. He wants to bless you. He wants to bless you. I know you're messing up like Samson, but he still want to bless you. I know you're denying him like Peter, but he still wants to bless you. I know you're cousin folk out like Moses, but he wants to bless you. I know you're crying like Jeremiah, but he wants to, to bless you. I know you're down like Gideon, but he wants to bless you. I know you're impatient like Isaiah, but he wants to, to bless you. I know you're shysty like Jacob, but he wants, he wants to bless you. I know you gave up your birthright for a pot of porridge like Esau, but he wants to. He wants to bless you. I know you keep getting turned up like Noah, but he wants, he wants to bless you. He wants to bless you. Give him your heart so he can give you your full birthright and your blessing. See, I don't, see, I used to look at adoption like it was bad. Adoption is not bad. Adoption is good because at least adoption, I know 100% your daddy wanted you. Now, I ain't saying if you were born that, you know, sometimes the Cadillac produced something that they weren't expecting. But when you adopted, they took the time and do the paperwork to make sure that they legally could bring custody to them. You are adopted as a son and daughter in the kingdom. Stop staying outside of your birthright. If you was related to the queen over in London by America. I'm going home to see my mama. She white and all, but I want my inheritance. Right? But why are you continuing to stay outside of the king of kings and lord of lords kingdom? He got more than Queen Elizabeth. He got more than, than Prince Harry and all them folk. He has an overflowing blessing for you.